Hey everyone, Shea Coulee here, and I am so excited to get into the top model of it all. We are joined by top model legend and Cycle 6 finalist, Joni Sprague. Yes, we find out all the tea on Cycle 6 from Joni as we take a very nostalgic trip down memory lane. We get all the tea from Joni about her drastic makeover, the photo shoots, Tyra, the drama at home, and our favorite subject, Jade. Top model fans rejoice. We are getting all the gossip today. Stay tuned. Forever. Are top model fans born or made? Hi, I'm Shea Coulee, and welcome to Wanna Be On Top, a podcast where I explore the cultural phenomenon that launched a thousand smizes. As always, I'm joined by insatiable power bottom and top model expert Maxwell Esposito. Hi, Maxwell. How's it going? Nice to see you. Yes. Hello, Shay. Welcome to our, I mean, let's welcome everyone to our first video episode of Wanna Be On Top. Um, I'm super excited today to be getting into this episode, but let's, how are you? How's everything going? It's officially March. Spring has sprung, basically. Um, in some parts of the world, uh, we had a, a fake spring in Chicago about two weeks ago. It was in the 50s for one day. And then we had a blizzard the very next day. Um, a lot of fun. Um, I, that trash. You know, that, it, that feel it feels very Chicago. I have just been inside playing PlayStation eating pasta, watching The Real Housewives of New Jersey, which may have inspired my desire to eat pasta. Um, but, you know, I'm doing great. Been going to the gym, working on trying to get my bubbies to be bigger. Um, Keeping the boobies, uh, the boobies intact yes. for the family yeah. and your daughters. Yes, for all my daughters, because I want to be an inspiration to them all that they too, with lots of work, eating yams and pasta and going to the gym, they too can have some boobies that are a size 39 across. I don't really have a cup size because I'm not filling out any cups yet. But, you know, my underwire is definitely a 39. My underwire is definitely, it's kind of fierce, it's kind of fierce. Yes, fierce. It's very fierce. Well, Shay, let's get into this, because you know, we meet a lot of different top model contestants. We meet them and they have complex stories. Some of them are good girls, some are studious, some are strippers, you know, come from broken families. And like the casting process for Top Model is very unique to Top Model. We get to see this audition process and get to, you know, meet all the girls individually. And I thought it'd be kind of fun today before we bring on our guests to see like, what would a 19 year old 
Shea Coulee look like auditioning for Top Model? You didn't go to Columbia. Tyra called you and said, no theater school girl, <laughs> you need to come with me to, you need to, we need to figure this out. So what does this Shea Coulee look like? Like what would be your introduction when you walk into the semifinals with Tyra, the J and the Miss J? Okay, so I'm so I'm walking into the semifinal judging room right now with Tyra and the Jays. Correct. Okay. <clears throat> so I'm gonna strut in and my fiercest okay, wait. So this is 19-year-old me. So um I'm gonna be wearing some super duper skinny jeans, black, the deepest. V-cut American apparel t-shirt that I can find because I know that the model's off-duty uniform is a white t-shirt and jeans. Okay, hair pulled back in a tight chignon so that Tyra and the Jays can see my lovely long statuesque neck and my beautiful bone structure. Um, But I would still compliment them with some big gold hoop earrings so that they know that like I'm a down-to-earth kind of girl. So I w- and you're also DTF. The bigger the hoop, the bigger the hub. Hello. So you have to big hoops. multi-purposed message. I understand. Huge. Um, I would walk in, really cool, calm, and collected, and I would be like, "Oh my God, Tyra! <laughs> wow, it is honestly such a pleasure. I did not know." How I would react when I came into this room, you know, um, I heard lots of girls screaming and crying, but then I remember top models don't scream and cry. Top models smize. Tyra would be like, no, true top models scream when they see their idols and you should be on your knees crying for me. I'd be like, first of all, baby, the only person that I get on my knees for is my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Secondly, um, I really don't have the breast support to be able to scream, and my vocal fry really does prevent that. Um, I can give you like a nice hoo, and that's about as much as you're gonna get from me, Tyra. Did I also mention that I love your hit single, Shake Your Body? Shake your body. No, but those are those are those are great brownie points. So what makes you different from these other girls here in this, you know, what makes you different from the other 31 girls standing behind this door behind you, girl? I think that what makes me different from the other 31 girls standing behind the door girl is the fact that none of them have successfully recreated your iconic polka dot bikini from your Sports Illustrate swimsuit edition cover, and I am actually wearing it under my top model uniform right now. That's amazing, because that was my next question. One of my questions was, is what are we wearing? What is the swimsuit? What are we, you know, presenting to the girls? But you've already, you've already explained your chignon and your your swimsuit. So you're ahead of the game. What about your family? Like, what's your relationship like with your family? Before we get to my family, I mean, I need to obviously reveal the swimsuit. And this would be the part where I show them that my actual advantage in the competition is that I can do magic. Because then what I do is when she's like, let's see the bathing suit, is when I'm like, and then all of a sudden, t-shirt jeans off, standing there in the swimsuit as if nothing happened. And Tyra and the Jays are like, 
did she just make her clothes disappear? And I'm like, oh, but that's not the only thing I can make disappear. And then I snap my fingers again and then Miss J is gone and then I'm sitting in her seat right next to Tyra. And then that's when Tyra starts kind of getting a little bit scared and calls security. And then okay. that's when I'm all like, Tyra, Tyra, no need to call security. They can't stop me. And then that's when she decides that the best course of action for her own personal safety is to let me into the competition because nothing will stop this top model. Would you say that if you weren't becoming a supermodel, you would be, say that you are becoming a magician? Yes. And a spy. A spy that uses magic to their advantage. Okay. I love that. Like Robin Hood meets Harry Potter. I was thinking Robin Hood meets Houdini because Houdini wasn't authorized by a terrible turf. That's true. And Houdini is kind of a bad bitch. Yeah. So um, one more question. What would it be like if they did this on Drag Race? Like what if it was Rue, Michelle and Bossy Rossi? What would that be like if you had to walk in? They did it the same way. Like 31 drag queens fly out to L.A. and get sent home. Like what would be the questions they would ask you? What would they make you? Aside from lip sync, what would they make you do? Um, RuPaul would probably say make me laugh, which... I don't know. Um, if anybody can come up with a good response to such a random personal question, let me know. Because it's like, okay, like a, a relative stranger that doesn't really know much about you comes up to you on the street and they go, hey, Maxwell, make me laugh. Like, what do you do? I thought I was a drag queen, not a court jester. If I knew that that was the position that I was applying for, then I would have went to jester school. I mean, but I understand. Yeah. That's that's fair. I mean, well, is that what you would say to Miss RuPaul if you were in your semifinal audition then? No, girl. I would, like, make a fart noise. Oh, that's... See, that's what we needed to hear. Let's... That's what we needed to hear. Right? <laughs> what would your fart noise sound like? Let's hear it. Um. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> not that would make me laugh. I would laugh. <laughs> I, would, I would laugh at that. You really nailed that. Thank you. But how does what... Because, okay, wait. In order to make a successful fart noise, I feel like you need, like, the... Right? Like your elbow? I would say that was successful Thanks. for sure. Well, how um, do if you make a fart yeah. noise? Oh, that, that seemed a lot simpler than what I was trying to do. And it's kind of wet too, so it's upsetting. I love it when they're wet. Do it again. <laughs> <laughs> was that a good RuPaul laugh? I think you nailed that, actually. But that's like, I that's know exactly like, who you were. That's like RuPaul's, like, I'm trying to make you feel good laugh. Like, you only know that it's actually funny when RuPaul is just like, ah! <laughs> when she, like, really shrieks out of character. When she sounds like, like her she stepped on attack barefoot, that's when you know that you're making RuPaul laugh. T. Yes. Well, look. Let's take a quick break um, so I can go and practice on my fart noises, but also so that 
we could get emotionally prepared for our next guest. Look, y'all, we have some amazing news because we have none other than Cycle 6 finalist, Icon, who never landed in the bottom, not once, the one and the only Joni Sprague. Yes, hang on tight because we will be right back with all the top model team with our girl Joni. Welcome back. Now, Maxwell and I are so excited because we are meeting with top model royalty today. Now, we have discussed our love for contestants throughout so many cycles, and we are so excited because we get to welcome to our show finalist from Cycle 6, Joni Sprague. Hi, hey. Joni. How are you? <laughs> Hi, Joni. Hi. Oh, my goodness. It is so nice to see you, meet you virtually. Nice to meet you. Um, I know for Maxwell and I, uh, just being really big top model fans, it's really Awesome. And we're so grateful to, to have the opportunity to sit down and chat with you because A, we're really big fans of the show. B, we're super big fans of you. Yay. And you've been up to a lot of really interesting things since leaving the Top Model house. And we will get into all of that later. <laughs> One of the things that we love about Top Model is the nostalgia of it all. You know, it really is a wonderful trip down memory lane for all of us because it reminds us of like who we were, where we were, what was going on in our lives like when this was airing so anytime we bring a guest onto our show we always want to do the same thing with them and take a little trip down memory lane so now i'm going to take you back this is 2005 okay what was joni um then dobbs what was Joni wearing? What was Joni listening to on her CD player, MP3 player, iPod? Um, what were some of Joni's favorite music videos? If Joni had posters of anybody on her wall, well, you were like an adult yeah. at this point. <laughs> so I don't know. Many people in their 20s with like posters on their wall. Like, who were you wearing? Like, you know, what type of jeans were you wearing? Like, where did you shop? Like, where did you hang out? Just like give us this like paint a little little a portrait of us mm. of a young Joni um, so young Joni so right before I auditioned for top model I had been working for American Eagle at the store at the mall for like Work two ass. years so like all my wardrobe was American Eagle and uh, but I, went, I moved to LA right after the show so still 2005 2006 I was living with Lisa and we we loved to thrift. Like we were thrifting, mm -hmm. we were borrowing each other's clothes. It was literally whatever mm -hmm. we could like get our hands on. And also yeah. too, right after the show, brands would give us free clothes. That was like a big thing. It's like trade for, for modeling. So I had all kinds of free clothes from wherever. Also on the show, there were different photo shoots where there was clothing on the rack and they were like, take whatever you want, girls. So we were like, <laughs> we, we took all the clothes. They were from like Sears. 
So I was just a poor young model. I was literally wearing whatever I could. Um, music back then, I really liked um, Incubus and Missy Elliott and Busta Rhymes and, um, <laughs> you know, just hip hop, whatever was on the radio, because it was still radio back then, right? It was yeah. Like, there was no Spotify mm -hmm. yet or anything like that. We were definitely um, downloading illegal songs still and stuff. Um, and then as far as like, I don't know. I mean, I didn't really have, um, yeah, you're right. I was older. I didn't have anything on my wall, but when I was in college, I still really loved uh, Metallica and I used to play the bass guitar, believe it or not, like back in college. So oh, I had right. posters of, wow. um, Metallica and more specifically Lars Ulrich, who's like their, um, drummer. So. Work. Um, okay. So, you moved to L.A. after filming. Now, prior to L.A., you were from... Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. um, uh, that is quite a change, going all the way from Pittsburgh to uh, yeah. Los Angeles. Now, did you move prior to the show airing, like after filming prior to the show airing, or you moved after the right show was already aired? aired, yeah. So I wasn't allowed to do anything until it was like, because it was so, it was almost like in real time to people. So I couldn't yeah. just be seen somewhere else. I had to be in Pittsburgh kind of like, you know, waiting for it all to come out. And then it all finished. And then I, I think I moved... I don't know, like two weeks later. Oh, wow. Yeah, you were like, all right, well, now that it's uh, aired, you're like, <laughs> bye. You're like, I'm going out to LA now. Um, and also, too, just going back, because I was thinking about when you were talking about the music that you were listening to. I love that you're like Incubus, Missy Elliott, Busta Rhymes. Um, first of all, love the variety. Second of all, I think it was really clear to any top model fans that uh, Joni was like not, you You were very much so branded, I feel like, as the all-American, <laughs> like Lauren Hutton kind of uh, model, but you really had a lot of soul, you know, especially like when, 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 when uh, the challenge where you guys had the like soul modeling, you know, yeah. when you had to do all the spins and twirls and everything yes. like that. And yes. you guys had to do like the crunking photo shoot and they were all like, oh, um, well, for <laughs> I love Tyra being like, I'm going to show you guys what crumping <laughs> she just got up there and went nuts and then they were like oh Joni like what did you learn from the crumping photo shoot can you show us some of your booze and then Joni bust out the fucking Harlem shake yeah, and I was Harlem just like, shake, like remember that yes I was yes. like Joni came in with the Harlem shake and I was like okay Joni knows what's tea <laughs> Joni knows what's up she's not your average American girl okay um I live so okay just going back to uh, you auditioning, what was it that made you want to go out and audition to be on America's Next Top Model? Uh, I mean, I'd, I'd seen it on TV. I mm -hmm. was watching, I don't think I watched like the first two seasons, but I watched three and four, sort of, kind of here and there. Mm -hmm. And then um, I, I was modeling, but like really like small town not doing much, you know, type thing. And then mm -hmm. at the time, my boyfriend's brother was like, they're having auditions for that show. You should go do it. And I was like, you know what? I freaking should. I really yeah. should. <laughs> and so I, I think it was like that one person telling me, hey, there's auditions happening in Pittsburgh. I heard it on the radio or saw it on TV or something like that. And I thought, well, okay. 
So thank you, Dave, if you're listening. <laughs> Dave Moore. You know, I feel like one thing is like, honestly, the the overwhelming theme that we have seen from um, past contestants who we've interviewed on the show, none of them, not a single one was just all like, I saw it and I was like, yes, this is for me. Literally every single person was like, a friend or a cousin or a relative was like, hey, you should do this. You most definitely should go out and do this. And like that served as like the spark of inspiration, like the catalyst to get so many of these iconic America's like top model contestants to go out and try out for the show. So thank you yeah, to thank all you the everybody. supporters out there in the world, because as fans, we are so grateful that you took the moment to tell these amazing contestants to go out uh, yeah. for this show shows thank you um so when you started auditioning and um going through the process like what was it that you found most nerve-wracking what was like the uh uh part that you were most nervous about about being on tv competing to be a model um or if anything at all it's weird. It was like nothing I've ever felt before, right? So I've tried out for cheerleading and I've and you get a little bit of butterflies and stuff like that waiting for your number to be called and stuff. And I did one model search when I was like 21 one time and I, you know, you get a little bit of butterflies from that. But this was different. This was like, you know, you go in, you do you do what you're going to do, you answer all these questions and then like you wait. And then they call you and they're like, hi, this is so-and-so from the casting department. We want, we want you to take you the next step and we want you to come to this city. And you were like, oh, shit. Like, okay, now I have to drive from Pittsburgh to Washington, D.C. That was the only option, right? So wow. re- then you go to regionals. You go you, all these small towns, collect to regional locations somewhere. So girls were coming from the south. Girls were coming from New York. They were all over the place coming to Washington, D.C., and you go to you meet at a mall and you're like, what the heck is this? So you're in a big mall and you're up like where the off the mall offices are. So then you're all sitting outside the office on the floor for hours waiting for your chance to go into this office. Like they pick the strangest places. They don't tell you a whole lot. They just say you're going to meet this casting director. So I had, a again, my boyfriend at the time, his sister's husband's ex-wife lived in washington dc they're still friendly yes they called him up and they were like can Joni spend the night with you she's a teacher okay so she helped me make this like three ring binder that was like i want to be a model and here's some pictures <laughs> yes. glitter and shit and it was all pretty and i like took it in and handed it to the casting director and i was like i want to be a model i, I want to do this so bad i felt like a like a little kid in in like elementary school <laughs> but then you give it to them and then you're and then i think what am i gonna say to like stand out i gotta say something crazy like like i don't know i was like i'll throw grapes at homeless people i was literally saying yeah. like anything. <laughs> i was like what can i do to like stay in their mind so that's when i brought up like oh i'm a pastor's daughter but i'm wild um mm-hmm. you know, i'll do all these crazy things because that was when i wanted them to be like oh is she for real crazy because that's <laughs> So each time, each time they called, each time they called, it was always like, wow, this is a crazy feeling. It was like nothing I've ever felt. Mm-hmm. Gosh, that's just like, so how many, about how many calls did you go through before you got the call saying, hey, um, we want you to come out to LA. You're going to be a finalist competing yeah. After in Washington, America's D.C., like it was mm-hmm. the next call was, 
you're in the semifinals. So then it was the yes. top 32 girls go to yes. Pasadena and then she chose the top 13 from there. And that was Pasadena. a week long process. Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say LA. I mean, well, technically, but you, I was just like, no. I was like, huh. So, okay. Pasadena doesn't sound very glamorous. It doesn't. The 30 of us went to Pasadena. (laughs) Sounds hot. Um, So for the semifinals, you guys did that in Pasadena. When you were cast to be a finalist and compete um, in the house, like where was the top model house that you guys did? It was in Hollywood. It was like right by the Hollywood Bowl. Uh oh, uh, oh, okay. I'm a familiar. Mm-hmm. I'm from Chicago, so you know, I I, I put my little landmarks together okay. where places are. So I know what you're talking about. Do you know um, where the Scientology Celebrity Center is? Have you ever seen that in the news? Is that the blue one? No, it's like it's it's um it's right off of it's Franklin and and um Bronson. It's right by like the street you would take to go to the Hollywood sign. It's right in that right by the there's a lot of stuff around it, but it was literally like two blocks away from that. Okay, got you. Mm-hmm. They have a few different. Uh, they have a few different places of yes. worship in uh, the Hollywood area. So when yeah. okay, because she says the one off of Franklin, it feels familiar because I know where Franklin is. I love it. I know where that street is. Yeah. Um, it's coming to me. I feel like Tony Soto, a mutual friend of ours, has pointed it out to me before. Um, so maybe I'm just confusing which one is exactly the celebrity center, but mm-hmm. I'm familiar with the general yeah. area, especially okay. Franklin and like the Hollywood Bowl area. How was it getting the opportunity to move into that model house like from Pittsburgh? It was like, awesome. What? Like, yeah. So the, what they didn't show you on TV was that. There were 13 of us, but there were not enough beds. Top model for us when we moved into the house that first night. So um I don't remember if it was me and Wendy or me and um what was her name? I forget her name. My gosh, the first girl to get eliminated. She Kathy. Um Kathy. Yes. I'm not sure, but or Danielle or somebody. It was either Danielle or Kathy or me. Somebody slept on the couch that night. Because wow. literally, or like for two nights, because in mm-hmm. two or three days, they did the first elimination. So then there was, you know, okay, everybody got a bed now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's crazy. Oh, gosh. Okay. And I, I don't, I've never asked this before, but okay, there's 13 contestants in the house. You have 13 young women. How many bathrooms were in that model house? There were, there was one big one in the back, a huge one connected to like, this big closet area and that was like the master uh-huh and three girls slept in that bedroom and then there was one in the middle that me and nena and um gina there was like five or six of us that shared that one and then there was one on this side so maybe three wow oh my gosh wow. i was like i was like i'm hopeful that she'll say at least four to five bathrooms like <laughs> It was crazy. And the cameras oh. had like carte blanche. If there was more than two girls in the bathroom, they could come in. So you could be like taking a shit and you got to be like, listen, you can't come in. Well, there's more than two and you told you two and you and they were coming in there to record. I'm like, I'm literally pooping. Oh, gosh. Yes. That would no. be my, my worst like, nightmare. Believe me, they saw it all. They saw our naked butts. They saw it all. No, and that's one thing too that I was just like, that's gotta be that has to take some 
a lot of getting used to. I feel like, especially if you're coming like as like a young woman from yeah. a smaller town and you're a already going to be in this gigantic house, having to coexist with 12 other people with 12 different and unique living styles, yep. as well as having a whole bunch of grown men follow you around with cameras 24 seven and capturing some of your most vulnerable and intimate moments. Like right. I, I would not be sleeping well to be perfectly honest. I never slept well. I feel like I was so unrested. Yeah. I, I mean, like understandably so like that's just gotta be so bizarre. Okay. So when you um, moved into the house of, of all the contestants that were there, you know, from the beginning, who could you like automatically feel like you were like, okay, we're going to get along and we're going to have like a bond. And I feel like this is going to be one of the people that I chill with. Like who were some of those contestants? Oh yeah, for sure. Definitely Danielle and Molly straight off the bat. We're mm-hmm. just like so personable and real and down to earth. Mm-hmm. Molly was hilarious and awesome. And um, Faranda, even though she was like so crazy <laughs> with her house rules and stuff like that, she was just awesome. She was so great. Um, Nina was a sweetheart, you know, and um, but like, like I said, some of the girls left so soon that we didn't really get a chance to know Did, them. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, right off the bat, I knew. I didn't like Jade. There was something with her. I was like, there was like, she was so weird. I'd never met anybody like her before. Yeah. You know, but other than that, I mean, pretty much everybody was nice. Yes, we, um, now I personally have never uh, lived in a top model house with Jade or have had to um, compete with Jade. Um, and I think too, as just like drag queens and homosexuals, we love chaotic and messy people. Um, (laughs) I think that's why we're like, I don't know what it is about Jade that I like am so obsessed with. And even like as a teenager, I was like, this young woman is like living in her own universe and like there's like and i say this because like so many people be like what is your like number one piece of advice to be like a successful drag queen i was like you have to be delusional i was like to be a good drag queen you have to be delusional because you have to kind of like create your own little fantasy world that you live in and then like everybody else just kind of like plays a part in but you are the star you are the everything of this film of this universe and that's kind of what how drag queens put on their airs and so when uh production and people like tyra started referring to jade as a drag queen i was like t because she has all the attitude all the chutzpah that it takes to be a um delusional narcissist like so many of us are and that's what I absolutely love delusional about narcissist. that like nails <laughs> you <it>. know because <laughs> you could Great not tell her that she was not the fiercest biracial butterfly to ever walk this planet mm. she said i am the the with two e's undiscovered supermodel mm. we we're like okay okay all right <laughs> <laughs> i know who's yeah Okay, so you guys are um, all in the house, you know. You obviously know that the competition's about to start uh, getting underway. And 
Season six definitely delivered. First of all, I think that this season provided us with such a broad array of personalities, stories, and experiences. I just, I mean, like the 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 personalities from season six really do pop and are so memorable. Yourself, Danny, Jade, Gina, Molly Sue, like I and 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 also justice for Molly Sue for constantly being told that she had no personality and like no spark when uh, she clearly and also justice for Molly Sue, especially on the episode that she went home on like the wild and out improv personality challenge where she literally excelled at every single thing and then just kind of flubbed on that cover girl commercial and they said girl bye even though Jade struggled that entire episode, they said, oh, see you later, yeah. Molly Sue. And I, I was like, and she got the Mia Farrow haircut that Tyra had been wanting for two seasons. I was like, did she not give you what you wanted? Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I just wanted, that was like a little uh, tangent there, but yeah, shout out to you, Molly Sue. Um, we absolutely love you here. Yeah. And I mean, if uh, they would have like, kept the show going based on actual talent and pictures and things, we wouldn't have the most exciting TV show on the world. But they had exactly. to go with the ratings, baby. Exactly. And that's like one thing I think as like a reality television competition fan, I think that like season six of Top Model, because I started from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Like I started watching like season one when I was like 14 years old. Um But I feel like at this point was when I started to like realize, I was like, I think that they keep people because they need a villain. Like that's Uh what I started on it. I was like, wait a second. Mm -hmm. I think that they're maybe just keeping that person because then things will be tense with everybody in the house. Like, you know, and that's when I started to pick up on those reality television formulas and that, you know, that is how the cookie crumbles in so many of these situations. It's not about who is the most talented and who really performed the best that challenge, because if they can get the edit right and they could just concentrate on who is giving the most memorable moments for TV, that is exactly where they are going to go. They Above all else, these producers are going to choose the TV show first. Yeah. And that's on period. That's on period. (laughs) That is bet. That is literally it. That is literally it. Oh, my goodness. Now, okay. We are going to take a short break. Every single cycle, we are so excited and thrilled to see what we are going to get when it comes to Makeover Day. Mm -hmm. And you and Danielle specifically had some um, pretty memorable makeovers, being that Tyra wanted to close Danielle's gap, and she also wanted to give you dental work and veneers. Now, I've also had some dental work done, but I (laughs) have not had it in an expedited process in the way that you had it on the show. So I'm really curious to hear more about your makeover experience, but we will take a quick break. And when we come back, we will get more into all of the makeover tea here with Joni Spray. We'll be right back.
are back and we are chatting with Miss Joni about her makeover on Makeover Day. So now, Joni, when it came time for makeovers, were you nervous going into that makeover experience? Like for the hair part, yes, because literally like my hair was so important to me. I think it was like my favorite thing about me because at the time, remember, I had crooked teeth and I was skinny and pale and I didn't find my, you know, I was insecure. And I was like, my hair is amazing. Please don't cut my hair. Don't dye it dark. You know, I was freaking out. Um, but then when they did my hair, it was like really nice. I was so happy. It looked really pretty. Yes. Um, yeah. I did that. Icy blonde was really nice on mm-hmm. you. Great choice. I'm glad that they did not try and go all cuckoo crazy with you. It just were like, yes, let's just amp up her natural beauty mm, and not know, try and go so crazy. Um, was there anything during your makeover experience in, in, that we did not get to see or any any other contestants makeover experiences that we didn't get a chance to see on the show? Anything that you remember? Mm, no. The only thing, again, that, that they don't show you on TV that is just absolutely exhausting to us as cast members was that you know how long it takes for some, like someone like me to get my hair done? At least two to three hours, right? So there's <laughs> 13 of us. Just imagine how long we were there. We were there like first thing in the morning and we left well into the night so it was insane so we had to sit there and wait for every other girl to get done i don't even know when if they fed us i mean there was a lot of that by the way we we were at their beck and call so it was like you know you will eat when you are fed you can pee when we say you can go like there it was very militaristic so it was not it was not always like fun and exciting. <laughs> <laughs> it's like so wild because I think about um, drag race, you know, and it's not like we're shooting at a bunch of different locations. You know, we're um, on a lot in a sound studio. So it's a very controlled environment. Mm-hmm. And anytime we want, we can walk just right out of that workroom. And I kid you not, there's like a snack room just like 20 feet away and let me tell you i spent a lot of time in that snack i wish <laughs> i wish. eating like gummy bears and just chips. look sometimes you especially when it's like stressful you're like let me just go step outside eat oh. a candy bar i'm I not wish. i'm not myself because i'm hungry let me go have a snickers and then i'll come back and then i'll be just like the jolly happy drag queen um that everyone wants to see Tyra tells you that you're going to be getting a dental makeover. Were you excited? Yeah, I I mean, well, I obviously was emotional. You know, I was just like, you know, I couldn't believe it. But also at the same time, I was super scared because I was like, what are they going to do to me? Like, what 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 can you possibly do to all of this? Yeah. (laughs) In Uh an afternoon, you know, obviously I'm thinking like, huh? Mm-hmm. And then when you told me what they were going to do, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is insane. Yeah. So they want to pull out four teeth. All uh, right. Huh? Like, we're going to pull them straight out of your head. I'm like, OK, yeah. to make room for this and that and all this. And then we're going to shave things. And I had, I knew nothing about this kind of dentistry. I yeah. didn't know anything about mm-hmm. it. So I come to find out later, the same boyfriend that I had, I still had after the show. His uncle's a dentist. He brought me in, looked at my teeth, and he was like, oh, my God, what did they do to you? And I'm like, what do you mean? What did they do to me? He goes, you, need orth- you needed orthodontic 
you needed like braces and retainers and and like rubber bands and stuff to fix your teeth. You had too much crowding and not enough space. So pulling the teeth out, yes. But they should have also then given you braces or done it. What they did was like, just imagine like your teeth are like this and they mm -hmm. need to come back and do like this. Mm -hmm. and to, and like fix your bite so you close your mouth the uh -huh. right way and everything. Uh -huh. They literally did like this and shaved them down to nubs and then put fake teeth on that made them look like this. Straight. So my my you know, my jaw still favors one side cuz my bite's uh -huh. all messed up. If I bite where I want to bite, my jaw's like this and it's just mm -hmm. weird and like they're they stick out really far in the front like this. I mean, they're still there. I'm like whatever. Mm -hmm. But if anything goes wrong, I am on the hook, honey. I am on the hook. Like, yeah. I'm going to have to pay so much money if one of these breaks or something goes <sighs> wrong inside, like, at the root to, like, match them. I'm like, do I go back to the same doctor? So, at the at the same time, you know, I'm super stoked. But now, in hindsight, I'm like, holy crap. They left me with such a burden for the future. At some what point, like, I hope I these at least last till I'm 70 because then, girl, I'm getting dentures. <laughs> seems like an trust. easier fix yeah because i'm just like i'm thinking to myself i'm like okay that was they did that in what like the span of like two days two like days day. literally two days so they sent me they pulled everything out they shaved everything down they sent me home then the next day they brought me back and they had like made little like little like one a one piece thing that they put in bridge that yeah was like, a, like a gigantic it was like from here to here uh-huh all one piece real thick like thick like um like a sharpie it was thick Oof. so then you're trying to make words around this big thing in your mouth now that you have to get used to but mm -hmm. then they send you off into the world. So you're like, okay. And you smile and you're like, and then after the show was over, so they made it seem like on TV, I'm done. You're done. Yeah. But I wore that one piece thing for months, like months and months and months. I went home to Pennsylvania with it. I, and then they would fly me back to LA for three, four trips and put me up for a couple of days and I'd go back to the dentist for two, three days in a row. And they would keep working on me, keep working on me, fit things to me, and then put individuals in and do the bottoms. And do the... It took a long time. And I don't think I was done with my teeth, totally done until like well into the show airing. See, exactly. Because as a viewer, I was like, oh, that's how they like fix teeth. But then as someone who's had dental work done and knows that there's like, fittings and processes because they got to make sure that everything does kind of like come in and fit right instead right. of just like shoving a temporary bridge in there and being like go out there in the world and model i was like holy crap girl mm -hmm. that it's just like this is so wild i know it was insane <laughs> I don't know. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm super grateful. I mean, for even uh -huh. what it is because it mm -hmm. gave me such mm -hmm. confidence. It changed the way I presented myself. And yeah, yeah, it's been a great, but I know I've, if I could change things and do things a different way, I totally would, but it would cost me a lot of money. It is so think with them spending that much money too, though, they would have at least thought about the fact that they'd have to like fly you back and forth too. <laughs> like, like what a whole ordeal. I know. Yeah, and from Pittsburgh to LA, that's not a short flight. No. No. Always, uh, uh, no. always in economy. Rough. <laughs> Lord. 
She's got My the first favorite. class teeth, and I'm going to put her in good economy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, okay. So I want to <clears throat> pivot and start talking about some more glamorous things. Yeah. Um, we have to go into these photo shoots because you made it all the way to the top two, having never landed yourself in the bottom. That is one of the <laughs> most impressive. Thank you. Yeah. I think What's I was- What's the word like, I'm looking for? Show, yeah. sh- not showman. What, what do they say in sports? Um, uh, I'm going to say presentation. That's what they use in pageants. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you yes. just really brought it. You really brought- um, your a game. And it was very clear from the beginning when they were just kind of like testing you guys out in the semifinals that you were very natural in front of the camera. And that was what a lot of the, you know, judges and like Jay Manuel were saying about you. So, um, let's just take a stroll down memory lane and look at some of the photo shoots that you did on your cycle of top model. Okay. So first, let's talk about this icy photo shoot, your icy cover of who will be America's Next Top Model. Um, First of all, how was this experience doing this super duper cold, icy photo shoot? It was real. I mean, you were in there for a long time and in in the real world, and I've done other similar things since then, you know, right? Like mm-hmm. not maybe not to that extreme, but when you're shooting in the cold like that, you shoot for like 10 frames and you put your jacket on, and you stand by a heater and, and you get all warm again and then you go back out. No, they mm-hmm. literally didn't. They were purposefully, I should say, <laughs> making you stand in there. Okay, we got to reset the lights. Okay, uh, go ahead and do this thing. Johnny, you just stand right there. Okay, you'll be all right. Okay, and you're just like, like you're you start shaking. Your hands are numb. You're like, you're like, oh my god. And so, you know, they, I think they did that on purpose to kind of draw that out to create mm-hmm. more of a drama. And I think it's always really fun when you get to watch everybody else on set in their coats, and you're just standing yes. there in like this tiny little set and outfit, like, oh, I'm okay. Yeah, I will say I made fast friends straight away with charlie altuna who was our costume director guy Mm -hmm. and our and our stylist because i knew i would look at the rack and be like eyeing stuff up and being like okay what's the shoot today i'm like oh charlie can i wear that blue one that looks really cute can i try that on first everything (laughs) everything make friends in the right places yes so believe me i did i did have a hand in what i wore i made sure of it it. like when we did the twirling runway show i'm like charlie this one's so amazing can i try this (laughs) because i knew that i wasn't gonna fall on it you know yeah no and yours was really great too i love i was like actually i was watching that episode you know recently obviously because we're on this season right now and I was just like, I kind of feel like I want one of those looks. They they still hold up yeah. to this day. Yeah. Those looks from that church runway oh, of you guys I doing this, the, the twirls was yeah. so sickening. Yeah. So well, they're sickening. giving Balenciaga. They're giving oh, like they Balenciaga right now. <laughs> I was watching that back. I was like, wow, I've seen people wearing that right now. Yeah. Yes. It was and awesome. also do thinking about this ice photo shoot as well and like the the photo that you have it's clear that there's also a fan on you 
yeah. two. Yeah. So they were like, not only are we going to yeah. put you <laughs> in this freezer, but uh, let's turn on a fan. Yeah. I was like, great. I know. I'm just glad I didn't have to do anything like underwater or, you know, that would have been my bugaboo because I'm not a good swimmer. I can't <laughs> hold my breath like very long. I feel like I would I would not have done well in the water. Oh, okay. So next up, we have one of my personal favorites, um, the Falling Princesses Mm. photo shoot. Mm -hmm. Every cycle, there is one shoot that just goes beyond its process. And it is definitely this one. These falling photos are so iconic. And yours is definitely up there in the top because like one thing that I always talk about regardless if it's a top model photo or somebody's Instagram post or a drag race photo or something in Vogue I'm always like is that model pointing their toes and your (laughs) toes are pointed to the fullest level of extension possible like that girl, that toe, are you, are you, I mean, like, it's clear that you have like natural, like dance abilities, but did you train as a dancer growing up? No, I always kind of wanted to, you know, I had best girlfriends that were like in ballet and I'd go over to their house and like play with them and do things with them. And, <laughs> um, I was in like color guard and, and, you know, different types of things where you had to learn how to march and Mm -hmm. point your toes and so on so i just always i just think i was a flexible younger person back then and i just was like the like i said the dress was perfect Mm -hmm. and the the lady wanted to see movement and she goes kick your leg and then fall and i'm thinking oh that's so easy for you to say (laughs) (laughs) you made it look easy oh thank you i almost didn't do it I almost could not do it. I was so scared. And I tried a couple of times and I would, I would fall like, Rah! and she, and then Jay goes, Joni, are you going to be able to do this? Like, come on, you really need to do this. Like he wasn't even on camera saying this. I think if it were a thing, he would have been on camera mm-hmm. being like Joni, but mm-hmm. he um, was like, listen, you need to like do yeah, this. Yeah. Right he now. genuinely was no, like, like, this will be the shot. <laughs> yeah and i finally did it at once i got the hang of it but dude seriously i was so sore the next day it was like getting whiplash that's what i was about to say because like yeah you, you guys are like falling onto these like mats but like okay so just looking at your pose in this photo the first thing that you're going to be coming down is on is your rib cage like that's all i can think about is just like landing on your ribs like every single time and how much that would be hurting and the next head. day <sighs> Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. <laughs> um, the new challenge win should have been a massage or a spa day. Right. I wish. But then if they had would have also then. had to like serve champagne, like if you didn't win. So I don't know, maybe you wouldn't have wanted that. But <laughs> um, okay, this was also the 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 episode that you all had to model with the cockroaches. Um, how was that for you? It was definitely disgusting. I mean, oh, I I don't mind like snakes and stuff. But I don't like creepy crawlies. Like I don't like spiders. You know, I don't like praying mantis. I don't like bumblebees or none of that. So when they put that thing on me, even though I knew it was like, connected to a chain, the chain was hella long. I'm like, this thing could go in. <laughs> and I was like, no. So I mean, whatever. I it it didn't go too far. I walked down, I walked back, and I was like, get it off. 
<laughs> but it was disgusting for sure. Okay. Next, we have the uh, future careers photo shoot. Um, and this is the week where Tyra takes you all to the Tyra show. Um, and you guys get a lesson in making sure that your career has longevity. And you're supposed to pick a future career, and you chose housewife. Um, we're styled here with this lovely male model, and you have this very kind of sexy, like classic pinupy housewife, but he's the one doing the vacuuming, and you're <laughs> the one enjoying the martini. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Um, what is your favorite uh, memory from this photo shoot? Mm, I think I mean it was really fun getting to be paired up with a male model and everything you know we're all like you know just like away from our boyfriend so any kind of man we were like oh god we so <laughs> 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 just loved flirting with these guys um that was fun but then I think you know again th- all the clothes I wore were just so awesome. So that dress was perfect on me. I, f- I felt like it really accentuated certain parts, features of me. And it looked mm-hmm. really cute. It was a great length. So like it kind of just went right to the to the calf. And so you mm-hmm. lift your heel and it just looks so cute. Um, I don't know. I just thought it was really, really funny. And what's crazy now is this, I'm totally not what I thought I would be. I'm not <laughs> as I am, but you know, it's just funny. Um, I love so you do you enjoy um martinis while your husband vacuums? You know what? I had to say goodbye to alcohol. I was really in a dark place drinking way too much. So mm-hmm. I don't drink anymore. Oh. Congratulations. Thanks. Yes, congratulations. Move Thank forward you. with that. Yeah, it yes. was like it wasn't a fun it was it wasn't fun anymore. It was it was almost like yeah. So. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, one thing for me, uh, having spent so many years working in nightclubs, is that the fun really, really wore off. <laughs> so yeah. I'm just all like, mm, yeah, this isn't exciting yeah. as it used to be yeah. uh, anymore. Now I get more excited about spaghetti and sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, I love spaghetti. <laughs> Girl, okay, we have a tradition in my house called Noodle Wednesday, where we have pasta every single Wednesday. Today I had and a really lovely, like, wide Popperdale pasta. Um, yeah, I just thought I would let everyone know that it was really good. <laughs> um, okay, so next up, we have to discuss the improvisation cover girl ad that you had to do. Um and this challenge went viral for so many different reasons, for so many different contestants. I have to ask you, Jody, what did you feel was like the biggest challenge uh, for you um, doing this improvised cover girl commercial? Well, it was just that. It was the improvisation. It was like, what do you say? They didn't give you any idea, but they 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 made sure that you knew that the camera wasn't going to stop for you, right? Mm-hmm. The camera, the guy that's walking backwards with the with the thing, you know, with the one that the little small camera, he's not stopping for you, so you have to keep up with him. So you go, yeah, go through the crowd, come up the steps, and everything else. So I was so worried about that, and literally on the fly, you have your your line you have to deliver, which we're so focused on that, but the rest, I'm like. What am I going to say? I'm like, I don't know what to do. And here's shy little me, like not wanting to be, again, I think this was bef- 
before my teeth were done. Yeah, before my teeth were done. So I again, I was super like, didn't want to be like, hey, <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, yeah. So that what's funny is still to this day, to this day, <laughs> people will write comments. Oh, Joni just had to make it through the day. <laughs> I really, I'm, I'm glad that it is as iconic for everybody else as it is for me. Because that does play in my head. Just I love it. You know, and it. it look, because I feel like it strikes a very specific chord for so many people who have felt that same feeling when you are really just like. You're just trying to make it through the day, guys. <laughs> All pandemic. Oh. oh, and can I just say, I got hit up on Instagram. I guess I have won the the most, I don't know, I'm the best runner up of all time via Reddit. Can you say Ooh, wow. Snaps. You heard it here. I want to be on top. Joni wow. says, I have the credentials. I do. And you can find them on Reddit. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I have a question for you, um, Bob, in this challenge. Do you feel like Jade was crazy for calling out the judges for not using her her best take? No, I don't. And here's the reason why. Are any of these really our best? What? Who's picking these? Who's yeah. picking the pictures? <laughs> now, listen, I think it always should have been we have to pick out of the we get the role we get to look at it we pick our best that way when they judge us they're judging us on what we think our best is when mm-hmm. you pick it for us you can pick some whatever weird thing that you want and mm-hmm. you know they did exactly and you can you can really feel it in the way that jade says it to the judges because it almost feels like a plea because she really struggled this entire week. And the fact that she struggled to get like a semi-coherent take, I know was really tough for her. So then to see the one that was the worst, the way that she was just like, she's like, you guys used my worst one. I know. (laughs) Like you've never seen Jade kind of like, kind of like she was really like pleading with them. Like, why would you do that? (laughs) You know, (laughs) then, you know, we get Tyra in there being like, Hey, that's what happens. I do Victoria's Secret fashion <laughs> shoots all the time. And I go, why did they pick that? And I'm like, well, there you go. Tyra said it. No, I yeah, so, I was just going to say, if Tyra says it, it's true. Bible, you know? it is It is the word. It is That's, the word of Tyra. Yes. Okay. We are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will finish up discussing these photo shoots and catch up with what Joni has been doing since leaving Top Model. We'll be right back. Okay, we are back here at Wannabe on Top, and Maxwell and I are chatting with our girl, Joni Sprague. Now, we are going through all of her <laughs> amazing and iconic That's photo shoots from Cycle 6 of America's Next Top Model. And next up, we have the doll photo shoot where you were a ventriloquist doll. Girl. Ooh. I love, love, loved you in this shoot. First of all, your legs. 
moment of silence for the legs because <laughs> those legs are good they're so good because okay not only are they just beautiful legs and just oh shining to perfection honestly <laughs> your left shin is everything that i want my shins to look like just absolutely <laughs> glistening but then when you look at the way that you've like broken down all your joints to kind of like articulate the way that you know a dummy would sit to me it's just like ah so good um i love the art direction i love the way like the spotlight also perfectly like frames you and the male model like against mm -hmm. the curtain in the backdrop it's just such a good great photo yeah. um and this is the same week that you had uh your teeth done yeah. did you feel like this was more of a challenge trying to model with like this new circumstance that's <laughs> going on with your teeth it happened actually, I got my teeth done right after this. So I felt like him having me be the ventriloquist and asking me to smile was the precursor for. Ah, yes. Mm -hmm. It's the script, my dear. It's the script. <laughs> <laughs> There's the producers are sitting back there with their like quill and scroll just <laughs> by candlelight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, it's the same writers who wrote about the, the seven deadly sins photo shoot in cycle four. You know, the ones yeah. that everybody was like, they did that on purpose. Where they're they like, did. Kenya, you put on five pounds. You're going to be gluttony. <laughs> yeah. How does that make you feel? Terrible. <laughs> you exactly like that. Oh, my goodness. Uh, smile, now, Joni. You, I'm like, were you what? surprised? that you were uh, first called this week? Or did you feel it like I really performed really well in that photo shoot and I better be? I think be. I performed really well. I could feel it. I, I felt like that whole like, you know, it, I just kind of, you know, it just mm -hmm. kind of felt good, you know? And I was yeah. the only one that had a, a male model, which I thought would keep, you know, separate me from the group as well. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, man, some of these, baby dolls were so terrible i'm like what nina's what? doll nina's what was doll? that <laughs> an attack on someone's community it was, <laughs> it was, it was like i'm not sure whose but it was disrespectful yeah, and yeah. they were like why can't you find yourself why can't you identify with this doll and she's like i've never seen any she's like this a baby is, doll like, and i'm thinking this girl we should not she should be the ventriloquist doll like you could, you not, seen, I mean, right? Anything. I mean, just other than the baby doll, I was just all like, ooh. I mean, also, too, we had discussed this previously because we just talked about the photo shoot um, as a whole, but we were talking about the, the princess falling photo shoot. We were like, the styling of the, like, it looked like she was swallowed in handkerchiefs. I don't know what it was that they put her in and that weird wig. I was like, ooh. No, 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 no. She, she should have taken the time to become better friends with the wardrobe stylist. That's where Nina messed up. I'm telling you. <laughs> she should have been at his side too. Like, you know what? That's really cute. For sure. Um, okay, so I want to now skip forward to your international trip when you all went to Thailand and you got to shoot with this elephant. All right, first of all, getting to the location, what was that like? 
It was amazing. Oh my god. Yeah. So I don't know how I mean, there had to have been an access road that they took to get the lighting there and all the the, the staff there and the camera people. I'm thinking there's no way they all went by by elephant. It was a jungle. <laughs> But we yeah. were in the jungle. There was nothing else around. They had they yeah. had like generators and things and like it was it was insane. But we went through the woods and we're up. These elephants were huge. I think their backs were at ten or twelve feet tall, <laughs> at least, right? Or eight to ten wow. feet, something like that. I like had to look at my ceiling to be like, uh, and it seems about like how tall an yeah, elephant would, would say, be. Yeah, I would say like, like sitting on their backs was about yeah, maybe seven, eight feet tall. Yeah, that's nuts. Wow. So just imagine like um like when, if you walked through a muddy trail in the in the woods, you know, you, you might get into like this much mud and get your feet uh-huh. stuck and everything else. Well, these elephants, it was like elephant scale mud. So the mud was three feet deep, you know, and slippy and slimy and they but they're so big. So we're rocking and rolling, walking through this mud and slipping and sloshing. And then it went into the water and it went in up to its shoulders. So I'm thinking, oh my God, Jennifer um Lopez Anaconda, something's good. I'm like looking around like um, but no, it went through the water and I was like, ah, this is amazing. And what was nice about it is there was no one else but us. There was no oh. camera. I mean, there was cameras around, but in this moment we were like alone and we got to enjoy it and it was really wonderful. And, you know, I was with Jay and Danielle and it was just, you know, the two, the two of us just like all chatting, the three of us, I should say. And, um, yeah, but it was really great. So that was an, an amazing part, but then. When we got to the location, they the whole theme of it was like shaving your legs and having smooth legs. And I have blonde, fair hair on my body. I hadn't shaved my legs since I think I started on the show. I was like, I don't care. And yeah. Jay, they didn't show it on camera, but Jay saw my legs and he was like, ew, Joni, you need to <laughs> shave your legs. And that was actually, it was really funny because everybody laughed and it was a fun moment, but they didn't show it. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm like, is it really necessary? Because I was just commenting about just how smooth your legs looked in that ventriloquist photo. Like, you could not tell me that that wasn't a completely hairless leg. And you know, I'm you about to zoom in. I don't think I had shaved. I mean, again, it's so fair and fine. Yeah, it's like so. It's not necessary. It's like you wouldn't even know. It's you know? crazy. It's gotten different the older I've gotten, but like. I mean, it's just only around. I only really get hair that you can see down by my ankles. It's crazy. Kind of yeah. Lucky. So you really only need to shave your ankles. <laughs> um, now you okay? Now you slayed this photo shoot, obviously, and this is uh, the episode where Danielle leaves the hospital to come and do this photo shoot. Now you said that you guys really did have like a nice moment um, while you were like traveling to the location um, on elephant back. Is that how you would say on elephant back? Where as like uh, Daniel's friend in the house, was there like a piece of you that was like, kind of like, I'm a little bit concerned for my girl. She was just at the hospital and now we got to ride these elephants out to the middle of the jungle and do a photo shoot. She was always so strong. Wow. I mean, she showed up and she was just like, I'm good. 
I'm fine, you guys. I'll be fine. I'm a little tired, whatever. Like, she's like, let's go. She was never wow. complaining. She never made herself look like she was scared or anything. So she was, she seemed fine to me. I mean, yeah. I think she kept, you know, she didn't push it too hard. She would sit down a lot and everything else, but she mm-hmm. was super strong. And also, how was it for you? Because I know that they say um, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Um, but when you were doing all of the really interesting moves with the elephant and like being on its feet and doing that cool little writing thing, and then you saw Sarah go in after you and attempt to do it, but not execute it as gracefully as you did. Um, as a competitor, was there a moment where you were sitting there like, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> And here's another thing about movie magic, you guys. I didn't even notice that at the time that she was doing this. They edited the show so well. They made it, they had a, a shot of me going, ah, like like I was watching her shoot. I wasn't, like I didn't even notice this. They told me later in OTFs, they were like, so Sarah tried to copy you and whatever. And I honestly didn't care. I thought, I thought I nailed it. I and this is how the 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 handler gets onto the animal. This is a normal uh-huh. thing. Everybody could try it if they wanted to. It wasn't like a uh-huh. high thing. So that, like I said, TV magic. They just blew that up. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And you heard it here first, yes. folks. Nothing but some TV shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Well, Joni, it has been so much fun going down memory lane with you um but now i want to shift and talk a little bit more about your life post top model now i know that you made a name for yourself in the land of top model we were just talking about your uh the poll on reddit that said (laughs) that you are the top uh, runner-up in top model history. Um, but you've also been keeping your legacy going on post-top model. <clears throat> After the show wrapped, you continued working and you are now a carpenter and still working in television. Yeah. So the finale of the show was May 17th, 2006. So you let me know that you moved to LA uh, right after right. airing. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was your life like beginning? What was your life like post-top model? How was your experience working as a model um, back in 2006 in Los mm-hmm. Angeles? So um, right before, like a couple months before I moved, I I broke up with the boyfriend that I had had. You know, it was really mm-hmm. a lot. I knew I had to move out. I knew I had to leave. It was like I had to go. You know what I mean? I, You're like, I, baby, I, I catch flights, town. not feelings. Yes. Mm-hmm. So um, Tyra had actually called me a couple of times and introduced me to an agency out there. That was kind of like my kickstart. Like, okay, I have I have an agent. I have someone to help mm-hmm. me, right? Mm-hmm. But they didn't provide a model house. They didn't provide any transportation. They didn't provide any per diem or any help, you know, like you would if you traveled internationally and modeled. Mm-hmm. I called up whoever I knew and the only people I knew were people that were on the show, the camera operators, the PAs, Charlie, the, um, the mm-hmm. wardrobe the person. Wardrobe. So mm-hmm. I stayed with them. I crashed couches. I think I had like $500, but back in 2006, you could survive on that for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually I had, I had met someone and I was like living with them. I mean, I was opportunistic. <laughs> <Let's be honest. laughs> 
<laughs> you gotta survive, you know. Yeah. Well, we were all young. We anyways, all had to sleep somewhere. But, yeah. So I was staying with someone. I got a job at a bar. The DJ at the bar was like, you can have this old 1986 Volvo car that I oh like six parking tickets on you can just have it pay the parking tickets so that was my 700 dollar car i drove around la with my book went to castings like beat the pavement got a job at a boutique um worked at the like at nightclubs helping get models in with the with the promoter and like however i could make money to make it happen but what sucked is like even in la there was some um audiences that really were like, oh my God, you're Joni from Top Model. We want you to work with us. And the rest of them were like, ew, you're not a real model. You're from a reality TV show. And that hindered me like no other. So that kind of sucked. Um, but I had the opportunity to go back to Asia. And my agent was like, yeah, you can go to you can go to China. You can go to here. And I said, China, let's go. So when I did that, that started in an, almost an entire year of me traveling internationally and modeling out of the country. And that's where I made the most money. So um, they, they, they kind of know who you are, but still, it's mm -hmm. still, you're working a lot. More. Actually, April from Cycle 2, we had had her on the show and she had explained that she had the biggest level of success working the Asian market because yep. they were actually booking girls from top model and giving them, you know, the real top model working experience. Whereas a lot of the casting directors in America who were familiar with the show, like you said, either they were would support you or were all about it, or they would be like, ah, you should just stick to reality television, which is so wild because when you think about just like the way that modeling is now, like you think about top models like Kendall Jenner, who got her start being seen on reality TV. Right? It's crazy. <laughs> I know. And you have models who competed on a reality television show about modeling with yeah. one of the most successful supermodels in the world. And people are like, no, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, that's exactly I mean, I would look through magazines looking for America's Next Top Models. I would be like, where is Joni and where are the girls in these magazines? <laughs> these are top models. I know. It's in the title of the show. Oh, absolutely. It was heartbreaking, really. I mean, just imagine, like, that's why we're there. That's what we want as, like, contestants. We want to be models. So when we get out into the real world and people laugh at us. It was heartbreaking. Yeah. So to model outside the country was great. And I think that's why, honestly, if you look at cycles mm, four, five, six, and then it kind of picks back up after like 13, 14, that you'll see a lot of the models, 90% of each of each cycle goes back to regular life. Yeah. No one really continues on. It was fun mm -hmm. for a while, but no one has any success with modeling. Yeah. So- it sucks. It's it's just so wild that the show was ahead of its time, you know, before, it, you know, it, the show was just ahead of its time. Yeah. And, and the fact that the industry was not ready to embrace you all is just like, it's 
sad and it's crazy because for top model super fans like us, we got to see you all go through these extreme challenges. And like you said, things that are harder than what models have to actually do. And yet you guys weren't afforded the opportunity to really showcase your amazing modeling talents. Like it's just such a crazy catch 22. I know. Weird. (laughs) do you do you have any um like uh dream jobs or amazing modeling experiences that you got after the show that you're like okay at least i had this oh yeah i've had i worked some crazy jobs like oh my gosh just okay so i had gone to italy i lived in milan for like three or four months or something like that and um again my hair has always been my thing. I've done so much hair modeling, like for all kinds of different brands and shampoos mm-hmm. and commercials and things like that. But um, this, I think it was Schwarzkopf. They hired me to be in this runway, like, kind of like a hair runway show, mm-hmm. but in Sardinia on the island. So oh. they flew us out to Sardinia and we stayed in this beautiful resort with like different hot water pools and saltwater pools and mud pool baths and the ocean and the beach and it was just fabulous and I'm like oh my god I feel like such celebrity (laughs) yeah that's like I mean you were saying it I was getting like all the flutteries on the inside just imagining that it was fabulous and same time there was I was single and there was this gorgeous guy who was like our colorist and we had sex and we <laughs> fun and these little like cabanas. It was just like the hottest weekend of my life. It was amazing. Oh, that sounds amazing. And I like, just like, a dream to, like job. live vicariously through that memory of in oh, Sardinia. Italian lover who barely spoke English. Mm, modeling on an not? island is fabulous and then one time when i was in hong kong it was really a crazy cool job so they do like a like a miss america pageant thing there mm-hmm. and they uh, and two things in hong kong real quick so the first one was for this pageant they needed to hire a model to dress like a very wispy kind of angel ethereal with this fluffy white outfit on and they put me on Work. this this turn thing that turned like spun all the way around 360 and they had all these different cameras around me and I would just go like this and the wind would be blowing and it was just like this 3D thing. And what they did was they turned me into a hologram and at this at the at the show they brought that down and it was me as an angel like it was what? crazy. Do you have video of this? I need to find it. Wow. And then the second thing was um, I was in a Chinese rap video as the girl dancer. (laughs) Video vixen goals. It was amazing. And the audition process was hilarious. I go to this like really cool. It almost looks like a skateboard company, like big warehouse place in Hong Kong. And they're all there and they were like, okay, well, can you dance and stuff? And I'm like, yeah, of course I can dance. I'm like, put on some music. And I was like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) that was literally, that was it. The audition. And then I learned this whole routine with this like Korean dance crew for a couple days. And then they drove me way out into somewhere in China and we shot this video and it's amazing. I'll send you the links. Wow, yes. I look forward please. to seeing that. Yeah, oh my god, a lot yes. Of fun adventures. Please. Fun ah. adventures. 
See, look, see, now I need to try and get some international bookings. That seems where all the fun is. We um, our very first um, episode of this podcast ever. Uh, we had Nicole Byer on and she was telling us about when she <laughs> did a like frozen yogurt commercial and like, uh, where was she? Like, I want to say it was Russia. It was like Russia or some Eastern European country, but she was like, she was like basically like, uh, like a fairy godmother who was like encouraging this like little child to eat this, <laughs> this frozen yogurt. But like Lily is like harnessed up with like these wings. It was like this flying little like Tinkerbell as character wild, but she was just all like, Hey, they paid me a lot of money to do it. I'm telling you what. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's crazy. Oh my gosh. Now, okay. So I recently became a homeowner and I've really been getting into watching a lot of home makeover shows. And, you know, I was going through watching some trading spaces because I was like, you know what? I used to love watching trading spaces um, back in the day. And so when I was rewatching it, I look on the TV screen and who do I see? But Joni, and I was like, okay, so here my worlds are colliding right now. I'm like, I'm binge watching Top Model while also binge watching home makeover shows and trading spaces. And I just want to know, like, where did the, the love and the desire to become a television carpenter come from? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So such a weird progression. So even okay way before even in college i would do stuff on the side i was i'm a virgo very organized person so i started doing Work. personal organizing for people it was like a little side job but that turn even back then turned into like well i could probably figure out how to put a new sh an, an extra shelf in this closet and oh you want to you want to store things in the attic and there's nothing down well let's put up pieces of plywood and and we'll you know we'll we'll make a little floor up there and it progressed into this like learning as you go type mm -hmm. you know life well then it, when i got back from it, modeling in italy i i had ran into some people that worked for the diy network and they were like, you know, you're I you're so handy, you know, can I make a video of you doing building something and whatever? And they they played the whole like model, but she can also do da da da. Uh -huh. And so they sent that video in and they loved it. And they were like, We want to bring you in for an audition for the show. And I did and I got it. But for the first two weeks, I was really kind of like, I only knew certain things. I didn't know a lot. So they sent me to Tennessee for a couple of weeks to work with this um, builder named Jim. And I worked with Jim all day, every day for two weeks. He was having me crawling in crawl spaces and getting dirty and like ripping things out of walls and everything else. But I fell in love with it. I was like, this is actually really rewarding. I love this. This is awesome. I know I can do this. I feel so tough and empowered. And I think this is rad. And this is a long time ago. This is like 12, 13 years ago. This is before mm -hmm. really there were a ton of women on TV doing this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So once I had that first show under my belt and I really enjoyed it and I got my contractor's license, I thought, this is my niche. This is my thing. I like doing this. And so I just continued to do it. Anytime I had an opportunity to, you know, you know, do something for a friend and build, I did it. Anytime I, I got my contractor's license, which was so 
great for me because I never finished my college degree. So mm-hmm. for me to, you know, because I, I dropped out to be a model. <laughs> <laughs> but to, to go back to school and to finish something and I was like, yeah, yeah, now I'm building stuff and look at me. And I felt so empowered. It was so great. But also just to work with your hands. And at the end of the day, you come home and you're like, man, I'm tired. I worked hard. I felt good about it. Um, and and again, like the TV thing is just the icing on the cake. You know, it that TV doesn't like this kind of stuff doesn't make you rich, rich obviously it's mm-hmm. it's tv but but it's fun and i really like it and i like being a role model and i like yeah. you know showing women that it doesn't matter where you come from in life you can make your own life however you want it to be absolutely and that's why i thought was like so amazing about seeing you on the show it's i was just so like you know joni is really showing us just like you know a really broad representation of all the things that women are capable of doing i said you know she can get out here and she can model and she can smize but she can also do a miter cut on some wood for you yes. and build a lovely armoire <laughs> or a um um, what are those things that go on this uh, credenza? I credenza. don't know. Yes, whatever. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> now, do you have a favorite home design project that you've done? Something that I've built? Yeah. Or just like any kind of like project that you were like, you know, you conceptualize and saw it come to fruition, you know, because it seems like, you know, you really do get joy a, out of like, working with your hands but be the completion of seeing having an idea come through to full fruition and it's something that is like a tangible object you know so a great example would be this behind me oh wow so so this is a a queen size murphy bed so but it's horizontal instead of vertical right so it comes down Uh, and there's like a day bed kind of yeah you don't know if you can see, but like there's a, a little bit of a shelf above it. And oh. And there's bookcases on either side. So I built just the bed and I had all this extra space and I thought, let's just build bookcases. I need some small, more space for books and my records and things like that. And so that's what I did. And it's really great. And I put Chevron uh, pattern in it. These are two separate panels and Love. you got to match it up perfectly. It was a lot of work. It took me an entire week to do this, all of it. And um, it it's perfect, though, for this room because now I have a space for company. But yet I've yes. maintained, you know, these chairs move out of the way when I want when I want to put the bed down. So it's great. Yes, I okay. So the room that I'm actually in right now is like my multifunctional room where I'll like do my makeup and stuff like that for drag. And I actually am wanting to do a Murphy bed for my bed too. So I'm gonna take that as the 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 perfect sign that I too need to do a Murphy bed situation. Yes, in here you could totally do this. And if you don't have all the tools, Home Depot can make the big cuts for you at the store. Mm-hmm. You just need a couple smaller saws to do the little stuff. But other than that, the kit is very doable. You could do it. Yeah. I looked online and found the kit that that mm-hmm. Murphy uh, yeah. like makes. And they also give you like a cut list too. Exactly. So you can make like the exact cuts that you want. I think you're already on your way. Woohoo! Look, if Jody says I could do it, <laughs> there it is. You know? 
Um, but look, that is all the time that we have for today. Thank you, Joni, so much, like really, truly for chatting with us today. We had so much fun with you. You are the real deal. And I really hope that you had a good time with us. Did you have fun? I had a good time. Yeah. Thanks for bringing up all the fun, great memories and all the good stuff. Yeah, see, look, that's what we love to do here at Want and Be On Top. We love to just take fond trips down memory lane and just, you know, let our fans know a little bit more, get to know the contestants more, and just get, like, you know, a fun uh, little dose of some top model history. Exactly. It was awesome. I had a great time. Awesome. <laughs> thank well, you for coming thank, by. Yes, and thank you, everyone, uh, for listening. And remember, if you have any top model facts, or questions for Maxwell, me, or our guests, or you just want to say hi, you can send us an email to beontoppod at gmail.com. Now remember to subscribe to Want to Be On Top wherever you listen, and make sure that you rate and review the show because it helps us grow. I'm Shay Kuei. And I'm Maxwell Esposito. And as always, the question remains, Want to Be On on top? To listen to Wanna Be On Top, ad-free, and Monday early, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Make sure to follow at Forever Dog Team and at Mom Podcasts on social and rate and review Wanna Be On Top five stars on Apple Podcasts. Yes, bitch, I said five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wanna Be On Top is produced by Forever Dog and Moguls of Media, a.k.a. Mom, hosted by Shea Coulee, produced by Maxwell Esposito, editing and sound design by Will Pitts, executive produced by Willem Belli, Big Dipper, Alaska Thunderfuck, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. 